local USCW 3000. We are the union. The union is us. Welcome to our local USCW 3000 podcast. I am recording in Seattle today, so you may hear a little extra background noise and some airplanes going by. I have Indy with me. Hello, my name is Indy uh, Indalesa Mendoza. I work in the meat department. I've been doing that for a year. Uh, I've been with the union for two years, two and a half years now. And yeah, it's been awesome. What made you um, get involved with our union and become a union member? I started asking around. I was working night crew at the time when I first started with PCC. And I talked to the coordinator and he mentioned that the union really helps with, you know, our hours, our wages, benefits. And, you know, at the time, I didn't know what the union was about. I was just in PCC and I was involved. And the more I'm working, the more I talk to coworkers, the more I'm finding out about what it does or what helps. Was it the union that told you about the apprenticeship program or did you find out about the apprenticeship program in a different way? I found it a different way. I'd work overnight. I'd see the coordinator in the morning, the meat cutting coordinator. Mm-hmm. And he mentioned that we, we work with the union and they help provide school. And that like sparked my curiosity. I was like, let's, let's go in. That sounds awesome. It sounds very interactive. So I also thought it was interesting to learn the trade, Mm -hmm. the skill, and I was in. Once I heard about that program, I was interested. And what's the program called again? Me Cutter Apprenticeship Program. How long was the program? So the program's two years. Two years? Yeah, and we go once a week. I'm going over to the Everett, South Seattle campus Mm -hmm. in Everett, and yeah, two years. So if you go once a week, are you still working your full-time job all the other days of the week and then you just get one day of school and that hands-on experience? Or what is the, I guess what I'm asking is what is the program like? Correct. It really depends on your schedule. Like me personally, I work my five days and I go to school the the, the following day. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's on the work day. I work in the morning and then I go to school after. That's nice that it's just one day a week so that you can still keep and maintain your job. Yeah, absolutely. And it's only for a few hours. Yeah. Yeah. Do you get to pick, like, do they give you an option of a morning, afternoon, or an evening class? Or is it just kind of, this is just when our class is available? That's when the class is available. It's um, from, from mine starts at 530. I was just curious. I don't know much about uh, meat apprenticeship programs or even really your job industry. 
So anything you can tell me that you think would be educational or beneficial for our listeners to learn, I would love to hear it. Absolutely. I think for me personally, it's been helping me immensely like with my confidence. Like for example, presenting your project in front of a class, helping me with my public speaking and customer service. It's also, it's teaching me a lot. It's really awesome to learn on that day and then bring it into work the next and talk to customers about it. That is really cool. And it's very interactive. We have a lot of lab time. I have a really good teacher, Patrick Donnelly. He's, he's awesome. He's, he likes working in the lab. So we get like full carcasses and we break it down. That is, that is cool. Hands on, very hands on. I would love to learn a trade like that. I think it would come in handy a lot because I know when I go grocery shopping for things like steak or whatever, I read and see what the cuts are, but I don't really understand. Does that, is that a tougher cut of meat? Is it not? Yeah. Is it, why yeah. is it more expensive than the other ones? And, Correct. Yeah. Or the marbling or. Yeah. It's awesome because one of my passions is cooking. It, it almost feels like I, I've taken a step back to learn about what I'm going to put on the plate. So it's very exciting to me and I adapted it to my, my cooking passion. So what's something that you cooked recently? A New York strip steak, um, marinated in the bachan sauce that we have at PCC. Yeah. Yeah. I leave it overnight and then I put it over rice and I put some toppings on it. It's just, it's one of my favorites is I, I go back to it. Like, it sounds really good. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. What is um, something that you learned recently at school? We just did all of the bones, the anatomy of bones. And yeah. that was, that was tough to learn all the names, but it was good. I, I think it all makes sense why some of the cuts are, you know, more tender, tougher, and knowing where the bone is at makes you more aware about what you're about to cut, like mm -hmm. knowing where the joints are at. And I thought that was really cool. That and sounds really interesting. Yeah. How many bones? How many bones? <laughs> yeah, I have to ask a question. <laughs> I know that the pork has the most bones. So, pork? Yeah. Really? I figured it would have been cow, I guess, because it's bigger. I know, right? Yeah. It's, it's just... <laughs> Yeah. Is it because the pork bones are smaller in certain areas and maybe that that's why they have more? Yeah, they have more towards the, the end of, you know, their legs and their ribs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it's pretty close to actually human bones. That's that is cool. That's interesting. All right. What is your favorite cut to cook and why? My favorite cut right now, one of my favorite cuts right now is the long bone in ribeye. Yeah. It's called the 103 and it's just the most interactive one. You have to use all of the tools and you have to pull away the fat with your hands. And the way it turns out, is just beautiful. I really want to learn how to cook a tomahawk steak someday. My big brother got one for his 30th birthday and that thing is just huge. You know, it's the Fred Flintstone steak <laughs> yeah. we all grew up seeing on the cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> Call it the dinosaur steak. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> me too. Let me know. I haven't gotten one yet, but I plan on it on a special event. There you go. Maybe on graduation day or when? Oh, yeah. When do you graduate? Next year. Oh, it must be exciting. Year. I'm going into my second year right now. And yeah, I'm ready. We, we're on a, on a break right now until September. Oh, that's going to be kind of nice. Have the summer off and yeah. enjoy all this heat and beautiful sunshine we've been having. Oh, yeah. Gives me a lot of time to cook up on the roof, too. It's one of my favorites. How many um, classmates do you have? Around 25 to 30. That's a pretty it's, good It's size getting size. bigger. Oh, so you have more people joining in as the program is continuing? Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, we have people from Safeway, Fred Meyer, you know, uh, 
the Metropolitan. It's really cool to see their other stories too, mm-hmm. or hear about them and what they do differently. Yeah, so you guys get to exchange recipes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you guys have a class recipe that you created or anything? We like to smoke a lot of things. Yeah. We're lucky enough to have a, a kitchen right next to our class. So even the teacher's like, hey, if you want to ever smoke anything, just come in and, you know. Is there a rule as long as you share it with the class when it's done? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of course. That's yeah. a must. We do a lot of pork, which is cool. We made sausages from scratch. Really? Just, yeah. Just a couple months ago. And we made salami. I want to go work at your job for a day. That sounds like a lot more fun than mine. (laughs) (laughs) It's very fun. Yeah. Find the good in it. You know, it's really, really fulfilling. When our union contacted you to ask if we could feature your story on the website, were you surprised? Yeah, I was surprised. It was a little (laughs) weird for me, but it's cool because I I hope my story helps other people. But it it was surprising because I talked to Rhonda Mm-hmm. our union representative and I told her my story and she liked it and she said would you mind you know sharing that story with us and she took a picture and I was like yeah why not you know that's what this is about you know the people yeah it's letting more people know that that program exists and that they can go to school and learn more about that industry and get involved mm-hmm. I think one thing that really benefited me in my life is that it helped me to build my confidence I was always very shy when I was a kid and Being in these uncomfortable situations of being in front of a class is like skydiving for me. You you like freeze up, but then as you go on, it gets easier. And I have really cool classmates that support that. And I help them and, you know, we give each other advice. And I think that's what the takeaway for me was. It's building me as a person. Yeah, it's helping you grow. Yeah. And improve on things that you didn't necessarily plan on. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, what surprised you to learn about that our union is involved in? What surprised me in the beginning was the, the wind, the wind garden, rights? the wine garden, rights. wine garden, rights. Yeah. It's spelled really weird. Wine garden, rights. <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry, English is my second language. So, oh, is it really? Yeah. <laughs> I'm still learning some, some words. All right. What's yeah. your first language? Spanish. Yeah. Yeah. Um, wind garden. Wine garden. It's, <laughs> I could be wrong. And I think it might actually be a German name just because of the way that it's spelled. Cause it's, I think it's W E I N G A R T E N. And so when I first heard it, I thought people were saying wine garden. Right. Yeah. And I, and I yeah. thought, so what, what is this? this is where people meet up and drink wine and they talk about the union issues. <laughs> wine garden rights. Yeah. <laughs> Turned out to be something totally different. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Have you ever had to use your rights, your wine garden rights? I have not. No, Good. but my coworkers have talked to me about it in the past because I, I believe I was tardy at some point and he just warned me if there was going to be, if they were going to sit me down and talk to me that I could talk to a union representative. And I thought that was really cool. Yeah. You know, it's like, I feel like this union is like our armor. It absolutely is. You know? It's your backup when you are put in a situation that might be uncomfortable. Yeah. I see you brought in notes. Is there anything that we haven't talked about that you wrote down that we should? Oh, I also got surprised with the scholarships that you guys provide. Yeah? Yeah, that's really cool. How did you find out about the scholarships? Uh, online. Yeah. I went online and saw what you guys did. It's amazing. Did you apply for some? I have not. You have not? No, but I'm curious right now. Like, I'm looking... Yeah, some scholarships. 
I talked to recently Mark, our director of education, and he had mentioned that the scholarship time for now is closed, but it's going to be opening back up again soon in a few months. And they'll have more information on that for people to apply to them. Sweet. I thought it was really cool too. And apparently it even extends to our kids. So if you have a kid who's going to go to college soon, Mm -hmm. you can apply for those scholarships for your child and it'll help them. See, that's awesome. Yeah. Not only do we help our members, we help our members' families as well. I thought it was really neat. Yeah. I'm totally going to look into it for sure. I love just, this is weird, but I, I enjoy homework. Mm-hmm. You know, something to work towards. It's just, it, it seems like I'm doing something, you know. For example, like during the pandemic, I was working at the restaurant business at the time. Mm-hmm. And that was really hard to keep up with, you know, cutting hours and we didn't know what was going on. And since I had less time, that's when I worked on my high school diploma. And that's what got me into PCC. That's cool. And I thought this education is important. Yes. That's the time when I thought this is going to help me move forward. It's a great tool that absolutely helps people move forward and gives us an opportunity to get into a career we didn't necessarily think we would get into. Exactly. I mean, look at me. You know, I would have never thought meat, a meat cutter, a butcher, but it's been awesome. Do you have a a goal for in the future? Like, are you going to open and own your own butcher shop someday? (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to jinx anything, but I hope to um, have my own food truck. That would be really neat. That's my goal. So this is my step of learning and having that knowledge of food and animals and how I can work with it and make it into good dishes. Yeah, absolutely. For now, I'm just doing these little shorts on TikTok and YouTube about like some of the recipes I make. Do you want to share your TikTok on the podcast so that people tune into some of your TikTok episodes? Sure. I have uh, some on Instagram. Yeah, share whatever you like. My my tag is ingyoza28. I-N-G-Y-O-Z-A 28, yeah. Find me on there. And that's for Instagram? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, TikTok doesn't have many right now, but working on it. Yeah, Yeah. getting there. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, I encourage all of our listeners to go on their Instagram and check out some of Indy's videos. We could all learn some new recipes and learn some new cooking tips and tips to finding out which cuts of meat we should be picking for certain recipes and why. Sweet, thank you. Yeah. And working on the YouTube right now so oh that'll be great (laughs) probably under the same handle too so is there anyone you want to give a shout out to shout out to patrick donnelly for being awesome an awesome teacher who really likes to push us right on patrick keep teaching yeah and Rhonda, she's been amazing and very supportive she's she's sweet big thank you to Rhonda. (laughs) (laughs) many shout outs like shout out brian too the coordinator right now really hard worker good work ethic i'm really looking Mm -hmm. like up to that Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your day and agreeing to meet with me and educate our listeners a little bit on this program. I think more people should look into and join. It sounds really interesting. Absolutely. I think this is very important, what we're doing now. And I hope that, you know, it gets stronger. It's about the people. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our local UFCW 3000 podcast. I'm Michaela, and I'm here with Evan and Andy. And whenever you guys are ready, if you could feel free to introduce yourselves to our listeners and explain a little bit about what you do and how long you've been doing that. Yeah, I'm Andy Heyman. I've uh, worked at the local UCW 3000s for 15 years now. Um, Before that, I was a meat cutter. 
And I have been a volunteer on the Meet and Apprenticeship Committee since about 2010. I take notes, uh, the minutes for the meetings, uh, which has to go into an official record for the state. And yeah, I just, you know, done a little bit to help coordinate the program. And yeah, and then WeTrain has come along. And yeah, and I'm, I'm Evan Woods, the Executive Director of WeTrain Washington. It's a training and education affiliate of USCW 3000, started in July 2021. So I've been doing that for a few years, working on that project since winter 2019. And then I was a researcher with UFC, then UFCW 21, uh, back from 2014 to 2017. So I've been kind of in and out of the local for nine years. Um, yeah, I can talk more about WeTrain in a second. Yeah, I'd love to learn more about WeTrain because until Andy told me about it, I actually hadn't heard. Yeah, so I think WeTrain is kind of, you know, union members get three benefits now. They wages, healthcare, pension. And I think at WeTrain is kind of a fourth benefit, building off the success of the Meat Cutter Apprenticeship Program, and that's career development and training. So our mission is to promote job quality, economic security, workforce equity, and career pathways for right now retail grocery members, but eventually cannabis members, healthcare members, and all of USCW 3000 members. So we do that through five programs. There's the 75-year-old Meat Cutters Apprenticeship Program that Andy has been helping run for over a decade. There's the Meat Cutter Pre-Apprenticeship Program, which is a first-in-the-nation program that we designed a couple years ago with the help of Tim Phelan, Greg Brooks, and some other fantastic members and launched last summer. Then there's the Fishmonger Registered Apprenticeship Program that we're launching in January, February, which will, again, be the first of its kind in the whole United States. Uh, partner with Town & Country Markets, which is cool. We'd love to get Met, Met Market in there and... Uh, PC at some point, um, Wajimaya as well, if anyone's listening. Yeah, and, and then we have the Community Pathways to Grocery Career Program, which is piloting in September. That's for immigrant and refugee community members who are not members yet, but they go through a 40-hour boot camp over two weeks, and it prepares them for work in the, in the grocery industry. And then we have a job fair at the end of it with higher employers and then try to place them in jobs. And then the Leadership Development Program for Frontline Managers. So that's for like department managers and front-end supervisors, persons in charge. And it's all about two really intense days on leadership development. And then a couple months where they work on this capstone project about how to better improve their teams and the life of their stores. Town and Country Markets uh, are the partner in that one as well. So those are our first five programs. So really, we're trying to create these pathways for members all the way from being out in the community and not working in the industry at all, to getting a job, to becoming a pre-apprentice or some sort of kind of training up uh, for the full apprenticeship, and then apprenticeship programs, and then eventually like master classes for journey persons and managers, say meat managers or seafood managers. We want to do produce as well. So kind of building these pathways up so that our members have a chance to improve their career prospects and provide for their family. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> that is impressive. That's the goal. Yeah. <laughs> and I love that it's not just a starter program, but an actual continuation of multiple career opportunities within that field. Yeah, and we're Amazing. super lucky. I mean, there's nothing like this within the grocery industry in the United States. 3000 is the first union to try to start something like this, that's this comprehensive. But we couldn't do it without our existing meat cutter apprenticeship program. Because the committee is strong. We had Tim Phelan there for, what, 20 years, 23 years? Yeah, yeah. Tim Tim had uh, been the <laughs> the tentpole, the keystone mm-hmm. of that program for, yeah, ever since the early 2000s. The Atlas Below the Globe. Yeah. He, <laughs> the, yeah, the OG. He, he did a lot of everything. Like, I, I pitched in. I helped out. But Tim, uh, yeah, he, he kept the uh, program going and made sure that the content got updated and relevant because as you know i mean like any industry you know there's changes technology changes and stuff and the way a lot of uh more short-sighted employers sometimes look at that is that well then we don't need 
training and, you know, people become more or less replaceable cogs and what they see as their little machine. But actually, the changes in technology, you know, with computer-assisted ordering, all of that stuff, you know, making sure that you're cutting right amounts for your case every day and everything. Yeah, the technology has changed and been more accurate, but people have to be there and they have to be the ones that are making sure that the data is accurate and that it's getting done correctly and that, yeah, that the numbers going into the computer are the correct numbers and adjusting them accordingly, right? Right. So all of that has gotten incorporated more and more into the program, as well as stuff like customer service skills with people. Because, you know, for a long time, meat was kind of moving away from being the centerpiece on the table. But as people have embraced a lot more gourmet cooking and stuff, it's really important that meat cutters understand each cut of meat, what's the proper way to cook it, what's a you know good seasoning for it to help customers out. So when I came into the industry, I apprenticed up in Snohomish County, which at the time did not have a meat apprenticeship program. Mm-hmm. So I... I didn't experience any of this until I started working in King County as a union representative and started helping Tim out with the Meat Apprenticeship Committee. And what I saw on there is that the stuff that people were learning in that first two years of school of classroom training is that they were learning stuff about how to market stuff, how to make sure that uh, your cutting was cost effective, you know, so that even if you had something that was on sale, you know, like uh, that was losing money, like a top round London broil, that you knew other things that you could do with it to make more money out of it. That was stuff that I hadn't learned until like years four and five of being a meat cutter without the apprenticeship program. Mm -hmm. So, and what I was seeing was that meat cutters that were going through this program, they had a leg up to get into being a meat department manager. And then there's other career paths like being a regional meat buyer and merchandiser. Um, We have people who've become FDA food inspectors taking the education that they got from there. One of the program's instructors eventually went and got a doctorate in food safety and food business and is a professor at UW. So yeah, there's a lot of different career paths that that come out of the meat apprenticeship program. And yeah, the idea with We Train is taking that and expanding it because, yeah, it's not just for meatheads. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely but, not. Yeah. But I think like healthcare is a good example of where that's been successful, right? You need a certificate to do, to be like a rad tech or to be a search tech or phlebotomist or a nurse or everything needs a certificate. You need a certain level of education and that allows you to command greater wages. It's also extraordinarily important for patients that you're certified. You're not some Joe or Jane off the street coming and saying, hey, I'm a nurse now, right? No, you need to go to school to become a nurse. So in the same way, having a school and having some sort of apprenticeship and standard and skill level for the grocery industry allows us to command higher wages Mm -hmm. over time. And I think the employers, like uh, Andy said, some of them would like to de-skill or there was an idea of Mm de-skilling. But I think that in the Seattle region, particularly, we have Big food culture. People spend a lot of money on food here. There's a lot of money in the community and people want, uh, you know, fresh cut beef and retail cuts. And they don't want something that was cut in uh, eastern Washington and shipped mm-hmm. over here frozen and then, then kind of thawed out and put in front of you. Like people don't want that. And so meat cutting as, as a trade has been strong throughout that. And I think for some employers, particularly the high end employers, it's growing, right? They want us like the seafood apprenticeship, the fishmonger apprenticeship. We were approached by the employer saying we can't keep people. We need a really high skilled people in this because we're selling fish that's 25 or $30 a pound. And people want to understand where does that fish come from? What's the story behind it? How do I cook it? And so to do all those things, you need skilled labor and you can't get skilled labor, you know, if you're not paying enough. And so 
they wanted to have this fishmonger registered apprenticeship where you had a higher journey wage to keep people in the seafood department. I think the same thing is true in meat. And I think the meat apprenticeship program has done a great job of continuing that legacy. I mean, back in the local 81 days, I think we had 80 or 90 apprentices. Now we're at 40 or 50 apprentices. So there's definitely room to expand mm-hmm. and grow. And uh, any meat apprentices out there, I mean, it, it's such a cool opportunity to network and to, to meet people from eight, nine, 10 different banners. And once you get a job after the apprenticeship and you journey out, you know everybody and you're always going to be able to get work and you're always going to be able to be a journeyman or journey woman anywhere you go and have connections to get a new job if you don't like your shop. So it's really a cool, unique opportunity. And we want to expand that to all of the of the retail grocery trades. There's a ton of still skilled trades in all of our stores. Cooking in the deli is, is a skilled trade, understanding produce has a lot of skill to it. Seafood has a lot of skill to it. Barista, bakery. I mean, you think about the grocery store, there's there's you know a dozen, half dozen, dozen different skilled jobs within one store. So trying to expand a bit of that healthcare model of skill and, and credentials to the retail grocery industry. And I think we have the customer base to support it here in Seattle. Yeah, definitely. And on, on the committee, we have employer representatives on the committee from big grocery stores, small grocery stores. And yeah, what Evan was talking about with them getting a pool of skilled labor and mm-hmm. some labor with some training, you know, that that's really helpful for them, you know, yeah. because then they don't have to take someone from absolute scratch, you know, to someone they've already got some familiarity with computer assisted ordering with the fishmonger program. They understand seafood, right? They understand, yeah. you know, freshness and well, same thing with me, you know, how do you cook this particular fish, this particular cut of fish? So yeah, it's, it's really a joint effort. Which, you know, uh, when you work for a union, you know, I mean, look, it's an adversarial relationship with employers a lot mm-hmm. of the time, right? But you do work with them. And in this case, it's it's a much different atmosphere. It's just people getting together that all share a bond of being in this industry together and wanting to further it and make it successful, both for, you know, the companies and the careers that are in the room, but also for the future. Because that's the big thing that I realized that even though I didn't go through an apprenticeship program, uh, but the wages and the benefits that I got as a meat cutter under that contract, mm-hmm. directly came from the apprenticeship program and the fact that it was a skilled trade and required a bit more training than than some other stuff, right? And, right. And yeah, and it, being able to expand that elsewhere is really important because, yeah, I mean, I would not know how to eat a star fruit unless I had a produce guy to go talk to me <laughs> right? and figure out how I do that, how do I cook it, what do I need to do with it, right? Well, yeah. yeah, and it makes sense. And honestly, when I do go to the grocery store and I have questions for the butcher, which I've done, or I've gone to a butcher shop and I've asked them questions, I do expect them to be an expert on it, right? We expect that expertise and you don't get that without the education behind it. So it does make sense to expand and have certificates and degrees and starting to utilize that opportunity to really educate more members of our community and provide more job opportunities in career fields that they didn't necessarily know were there. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, there's all these cool little things. I mean, I didn't know this with the butcher, but you can ask them to do anything. You can ask them to take a, you know, a, one of the rotisserie chickens and chop it up. You can ask them to slice your meat in this way or that way. You can ask them for special holiday orders. Like there's a tremendous amount of skill that I think customers don't Sometimes take advantage of some people know about it, but some people don't. There's a ton of skill behind the counter. And then we're trying to expand it. So the meat pre-apprenticeship is one of the things I'm so excited about. We were in Snohomish County yesterday. So like Andy mentioned, the Snohomish County meat apprenticeship just started two years ago. We have this really charismatic, fantastic instructor named Patrick Donnelly, who's great. And has just built this whole school from scratch. And, and so I think there's like 20 apprentices now up there. 
even though they have maybe a fifth or a quarter of the members of King County. Um, and he also has, he's teaching the pre-apprenticeship now with his, with a co-instructor named Heather, who went through the meet pre-apprenticeship last year. So she was, she was a pre-apprentice last year. Mm-hmm. And then she rocketed up. Now she's a meat manager already. And she's there teaching the new wow. New Year's pre-apprentices. Right yeah. And so you have these mm-hmm. folks who are deli clerks or seafood clerks, or even we had a bartender. I mean, anybody with a food service experience, hunting experience, culinary experience can go through the six-week program where we took Tim Fallon and Greg Brooks and other you know, very experienced members of the industry, we took their brain and squeezed it out <laughs> and distilled it into six weeks. And we said, what do you want to know? What, what should meat apprentices know on day one coming into the shop? And yeah. they put it all in the course. And so there's like a knife skills course that just happened uh, yesterday here in Georgetown. We have a, a class in Georgetown, one one up in a Snow Isle Tech Skills Center, and they get a, a job skills and resume writing uh, seminar. And then we have employers come at the end of the six weeks and and hire our folks. So we had, you know, town and country markets, metropolitan markets, PCC. We've had Safeway. We've got Albertsons. And they show up and then you dress to impress and you get your apprenticeship. You go and get hired and get your apprenticeship in the meat department. So we're trying to build these pathways up. And then like Andy kind of alluded to, let's expand. I mean, 3,000. So UFCW 21 just merged with the Eastern Washington local called UFCW 1439. And here we are as UFCW 3000, but there's all these members now in Spokane and in central Washington and Yakima. So why not have a, an apprenticeship program in Spokane? Why not in central yeah. Washington? You know, why not down in Olympia or on the peninsula in Kitsap Peninsula or, or on the Olympic Peninsula? So we want to expand the program across the state as well and then develop these classes as well to, for engaging existing journey persons. Because like Andy mentioned, some, a lot of people haven't gone through apprenticeship. But there's so much skill and knowledge. You've been doing this for 10 or 20 years. Let's convene people on a quarterly or monthly basis and get together to talk about the industry, talk about the trade, network, provide more opportunities of our members to build the kind of careers they want to build. So that's all in the future. We have uh, four employees right now. So we're we're growing. We're trying to (laughs) kind of do a lot of stuff at once. But I think that's kind of where we're trying to go. It's a lot of big goals, a lot of great goals, yeah. a lot of area to keep going. And I think you guys are definitely onto something and it won't be long before you have more people to help out with that, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, the cool thing about the union is that we have a lot of uh, political power. So we were able yes. to go down to the state legislature this year when no one was getting any money. It was a really like tight budget. And we got $400,000 to help expand our program, both meat and fish uh, and the pre-apprenticeship to Spokane and other cities that was all funded by allies in the legislature. We got $400,000 from King County last year, again, through the political power of the union. You have 50,000 members. People listen to that, Mm -hmm. 50,000 voters. So our political allies were able to get us money there. Uh, We have allies in the city council, the county council, the state uh, department of labor. We're applying for a federal grant right now. So that's, that's the cool part about having the union. And then as Andy mentioned, it's definitely a partnership with employers, right? So, The employers, they come to the job fair. They give us feedback on the curriculum. County Country Markets makes time. They pay their people a full day's wage to come to our leadership development training, which I think is very cool. They invest in their people. Um, And so I think the the big hurdle we're facing now is just building trust. I think it's everyone's self-interest to have these programs. I think it benefits the employers. I mean, think about it. You're an employer. Your employee says, I want to go to class four hours a week on we train paying for scholarships now, right? But previously on my own dime and learn how to be a better employee for two years. And you guys don't have to do anything. I come to work as a better employee every day. I mean, that's clearly in the self-interest of the employer. So The union and employers often have this adversarial bargaining relationship. And so what we're trying to do is kind of move beyond that a bit. Because when we talk with store directors or operations people, 
they're all for, they love training. They love the idea of having their people better trained, staying around longer, being more knowledgeable. They love that stuff. And so it's kind of getting beyond that adversarial relationship. And we finally created a table to do that. So we have a, a Taft-Hartley trust, which is basically the employer puts in a penny an hour into this trust that is then pooled together and used to pay for this training. And it's the first of its kind in the country for grocery workers and, and the union negotiated that, union bargaining team negotiated that in 2019. So there is a forum for this. And so little by little, we're making connections with the employers, building a little bit of trust. And I think over time, what we've seen in other industries like healthcare um, with SEIU 1199's training fund or like the trades, the building trades, that as you work together, union and employer over time, eventually some of those walls come down and you have enough trust to really build effective programs. So that's, that's kind of where we're going. Um, yeah. But it's going to take a little while to build those relationships up and move from a zero-sum adversarial relationship to cooperative, collaborative relationship. Right. I have a feeling it's not going to take you very long to get there, though. Oof. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say that, you know, there was a corporate culture in this country. And it's not like it's gone away. You know, that started off in the 1980s where it was like, you know, massive layoffs. You know, you cut costs, you increase your prof profitability greatly. But what comes with that after it gets implemented is that it's kind of a be careful what you wish for thing, because then you get, you know, customer complaints and, you know, quality right. goes down and stuff like that. And like Galen was saying with the food culture, in this area, you know, and across the country, and also the, the pandemic, you know, a lot of people started cooking a lot more at home, mm -hmm. um, oh, yeah. has really built that. And that has built the need for uh, skilled people in the stores. And yeah, and, you know, definitely, you know, the, the meat department, you know, it, it takes a little bit to understand the cuts of beef <laughs> and how to cut them efficiently and do all that. But, you know, there's just as much a need in produce. You know, when I worked at Fred Meyer in the meat department, my coworkers over in Delhi, they were using knives and slicers and they had hot oil and ovens and yeah. customers that were hungry right then, which are exceedingly dangerous. And, <laughs> and yeah, they were working and they, they had skill too, which I knew because mm -hmm. I came from cooking in restaurants originally. And yeah, there's just no such thing as a unskilled job. And yeah. Um, yeah, I think employers seeing that having people with some training and some skill level, whether that is the pre-apprenticeship early stuff or the, you know, how do I take things to the next level? How do I be a good department head? You know, how do I order efficiently with perishable products and other things that it's going to benefit employers and they are going to see. And I hope more of them do. And it makes sense if you own and run a company and you want it to grow and get better and become more successful, you have to invest in your employees. Investing in your employees is basically investing in your company and your own product and what you're selling and what you're trying to sell to your customers and that expertise is going to definitely become a very valuable aspect in the yeah. companies yeah so any other questions about the program oh you guys kind of blew my mind a little bit it was information <laughs> overload in the best yeah. of ways if our listeners want more information on this or they want to apply to get into the program how would they go about doing that what's the best way to get connected with you there's a couple things. So for the Meat Cutter Apprenticeship Program, the new year starts in September. And this program is accredited through South Seattle College. So the Georgetown, the King County class is actually held at South Seattle College's Georgetown campus. You earn 45 credits going through the program. So you can go to wetrainwa.org and we have a bunch of contact information on there. If you are a meat cutter apprentice and you're you know new to your job and you want to be oriented and you want a chance to broaden your horizons beyond just your shop or just your company and learn all about the trade and make crazy connections. 
and have tuition paid for free and get halfway toward an AA, go to wetrainwa.org, sign up, and you can start classes in September. Super easy online uh, sign-up process that, that our operations director, Dan Albany, put together. If you're an aspiring deli clerk or a seafood clerk or any other member of the grocery industry who wants to change and wants to get into the highest paid occupation in the store, right? You're making $27.70 an hour at Journey, meat manager making $28.70 an hour. Um, you have a guaranteed 40 hours a week, if, if you can get that few. I mean, I think a lot of people working 50, 60 hours a week that they want. Um, yeah. But if you are an aspiring member of the of the grocery industry and you want a chance at this, we're running our next meat pre-apprenticeship cohort. We just started our summer cohorts, but our next pre-apprenticeship cohort will be in February, March of next year. And so once the holiday rushes over in January, we'll start recruiting and you can apply for a King County cohort, probably starting in February or March at the website. Oh, and wonderful. if you're just a community member and you want to get into the industry, our community pathways program is in September. Again, September 11th, it starts. So get with us about that. That's on the website. Um, so there's a lot of different opportunities for this. And what's the address for the website? WeTrainWA.org. So WeTrainWA.org. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, you guys. And thank you for taking time out of your day to meet with me. Is there anything extra you want to make sure that we cover before we stop recording? Yes. Yes. I I, I had a feeling you had uh, (laughs) Yeah, there was one component to the program that I wanted to make sure that I I met. And Galen uh, said it when he talked about being an accredited program through South Seattle Community College was mm-hmm. that all apprenticeship programs in Washington State that are partnered with Washington State Labor and Industries, otherwise known as LNI. And yeah, we've got a fantastic consultant, Sandra Husband. She has been assigned to us for well before I even got there. Like Tim Phelan uh, knew her from way back, and she has helped us make sure that we are being compliant with new state laws as they come along. Like you know anti-harassment training, safety stuff, uh, because every student, when they're in the classroom and if they're working in the lab, they're insured through LNI just like they were on the job. So yeah, she has made sure that we're being compliant with stuff. Uh, she has helped us get an idea about how we can expand and do stuff. She's just, she's been a tremendous help. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, that's kind of the third partner <laughs> in the in the whole thing. So third and stay. one of the most very important partners. Yeah, absolutely. Because again, apprenticeship it really does benefit everybody in the community. And yeah, whether you're talking about woodworking or boiler makers or you know meat apprentices, produce clerks, deli clerks, grocery clerks, everyone benefits from this type of school and this type of training. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. I actually do have one more question. This is something I asked Indy when we were talking about the program, medical field programs, or at least mine specifically, we had a certain amount of classroom time that we did. And then after a year being in class, we went out on clinical rotations for seven or eight weeks, depending on which one it was, to get that hands-on on the job training and really the kind of extra experience that you get of working in the field you're wanting to go into. Is that an aspect that is part of some of the programs that you guys are doing where they get to go to the store and work full-time with butchers or what have you? Do, do you know what I'm trying yeah, to I know ask? exactly what you're saying. Yeah. So for me, pre-apprenticeship, we, we started doing a knife skills class um, for that reason. So people get some chance to feel what it feels like to wield a knife and to cut meat and see if you like it. For the full apprenticeship, these are all working meat cutters. So the way that apprenticeship works is you have your classroom time, which is 144 hours a year for two years, so 288 hours, but you're also working full time. So ideally your meat manager and the journey uh, cutters in your department are overseeing your work and helping you learn about all the various things that you're also learning about in class. And that's one of the big things they do in class is you come together every week. So what did pe- what challenges do people face in the shop? 
shop this week and everyone gets together like in Patrick's class in Snohomish County and they talk through how to work through all these things. The other thing that we do is we report hours uh, with this app called WorkHands based on what you're doing. And so the program can see like if you're um, if you're just cutting chicken the whole time, but you haven't any practice on the bandsaw, or you haven't any practice with pork or lamb, or you're not learning anything about ordering or inventory or things like that, we can see that based on your hours worked in the shop. And then the apprenticeship coordinator and the program can go and contact your meat manager and ask for you to have additional experience doing all the other things that will round you out as a full journey meat cutter. So that's another aspect of it. But the meat cutter apprenticeship is somewhat unique as apprenticeships go because you have to be hired by the employer and then you come to the program. The trades apprenticeships, they have their own hiring hall and the apprenticeship themselves kind of takes you on and they job you out to various sites after you're accepted by the program. But our program, the employer hires you and then you come as a supplement to this to this program to get your RSI, your required supplemental instruction, classroom learning component of your training. But yeah, all the meat cutters that are in the program are working full time and getting that training on the job as well. Oh, wonderful. Well, thank you for explaining that to me. Yeah, no, a lot. Of, I mean, registered apprenticeship is its own little quixotic, interesting world yeah, that, you know, <laughs> that yeah, very few people understand. <laughs> That's not well explained. Um, but it's a cool pathway, you know, for meat pre-apprenticeship, we had our first young person come through a lot of times for meat cutting in order to have the discipline to come in early, sometimes at 5 a.m., sometimes at 4 a.m., to work 40 hours, to not be late, to be very structured. Sometimes you have to be a little further on in your career than, than a young 18 or 19 year old might be. So oftentimes we see apprentices that are in their mid-20s or late-20s come into the program. But we've been really excited about welcoming youth into our industry as well because it's a great career. I mean, if you get in early and you move up to journey after a couple of years and you're 19 or 20 and you're making 27, 28 bucks an hour like with pension, your pensions adding up and your family's taken care of by your health care, that's a great career for young people. And so... We had our first 18-year-old come into the meat pre-apprenticeship oh, program awesome. that Patrick recruited out of our Snow Isle location. They have they have really cool culinary programs for high school students, and he was doing that while he was in high school, and then he transitioned into our program. So we're super excited to welcome young people into both the meat apprenticeship program and also the fishmonger registered apprenticeship program with Town & Country. So that's another aspect of it that we need to grow out a little bit more, but pathways for youth into our industry so they can get started early. Yeah. and build those career skills as teenagers or as in their early 20s. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we all have to start somewhere in some industry. And why wouldn't we want our younger generation or honestly, even our own kids mm-hmm. jumping into a career industry opportunity? Yeah. And they can move up. I mean, like Andy said, Tim Phelan, I mean, he worked as a cutter. He worked as a manager. He worked as a meat merchandiser. He worked on the employer side. He worked as a labor rep. He worked as an apprenticeship coordinator. And now he's returning like a salmon back to his initial <laughs> habitat. He's going back into the stores after 40 years in the industry as a meat cutter in retirement. So there's so many opportunities within meat and the broader retail grocery industry. And we're trying to just help people get get their foot in the door and like help them move up in a way that's structured. And it's not just tossing you in as an employee, not knowing where you're going. So, right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That was one thing that uh, that I didn't have, which is that when you're early in your apprenticeship and you don't have a school, that yeah, you're getting put doing simple tasks that they need done, but you're not getting trained. Kind of yeah. like being thrown to the wolves a little bit when we talk about and, that happening in the medical field. Yeah, it, it, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. I think, yeah. I think you know, well, and that's 
uh, the result of that whole, you know, massive cuts and layoffs in order to be profitable thing that, that happened, you know, mm-hmm. that, that's what you get when you do that, right? Yes. So, yeah, Tim Phelan is more meat cutter than I've ever met any, <laughs> any other meat cutter. <laughs> through and through, that guy has been cutting meat on his dad's farm since he was not even in double digits of age. So, yeah, he, he, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And for healthcare, I mean, I know this is a little bit beyond the scope of what we're talking about, but I would love for to hear from healthcare members about what we could do for our 15,000 healthcare members. Mm-hmm. There's already a model set up by 1199 on basically administering benefits. So front loading tuition, paying for your certificate in advance, providing tutoring services, providing a career navigation coach who can help you move around within the field. That all that model is already created by uh, SEIU 1199 and other healthcare unions. And how cool would it be to bring that to 3,000 members, both in apprenticeship, but then also just funding uh, all the certificates and continuing education that's needed yeah. in the field. So I want to hear from healthcare members. I want to understand what the greatest needs are. I know there's a big labor shortage across a lot of different fields, understaffing. Why not train people up to fill those positions so our members have a little bit of relief in those areas and are able to come to work with a fully staffed department? How cool would that be? How nice would that be? Oh, so, it would be amazing. Yeah. One of the biggest <laughs> issues we have is our school system for getting our degrees to get into the field. So for example, I did a two-year program and it was, I don't want to say expedited or, or rushed. It was very content heavy and You didn't have a whole lot of time to learn the information we were being taught. And it was very much due to the circumstances of how poorly that facility is run. It was very much teach yourself. And then when you do graduate and if you're lucky, pass your exam (laughs) and actually get out into the field, it was very much like being thrown to the wolves because you just you get that reality check of how much you were not able to pick up in school, yeah. which you can until you get out there. And that is one of the biggest things that we all complain about is our school system to get into the field. Hmm. It's very difficult for anything outside nursing. Nursing programs in schools are great, but if you don't want to be a nurse, you want to be a radiology tech, or you want to be a respiratory therapist or a physical therapist or anything else, the programs are very limited and very much uh, teach yourself and learn the hard way. It's it's a difficult thing. So if there is anyone out there who's willing to make that better, absolutely yeah. go for it. And 3,000, and you might be involved in this, but 3,000 is partnering with 1199 and WSMA on these apprenticeships that 1199 is really driving. Um, but our members are eligible for these apprenticeships and that it gets at what you're talking about where you do some book learning, but then you could also do some on the job training at the same time. And so yeah. how do we plug into that? How do we get some money together and a trust to fund members to do that? That's something that I think the union is is searching for, trying to figure out right now. And so if, if there's folks that want to step up and want to lead on that and work with us on figuring that out, I would love to connect with them again. So we train a lot or they could hit us up there and, and I'd love to kind of learn more about that industry as well. Yes. Send emails. <laughs> so thanks again you guys have been fantastic i learned a ton it was information overload in the best of ways and i can't wait until this airs so that our members can learn more absolutely yeah wonderful to meet you thanks i can't wait till they all start yes if you have any questions or you want to know more about our union go to our website at ufcw3000.org don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and thank you for listening have a fabulous day